You could literally get a degree. You could be a marathon runner. You could volunteer. Right. Like you could do so much with 16 hours a week. So again, micro little shifts. You don't think about it when you go to the restroom, you're scrolling through Instagram. You don't think about it when you're at a red light, scrolling through Instagram, when you're waiting for your food to come at lunch, scrolling through Snapchat, whatever. You're being consumed, which means this is less time for you to just be in your thoughts. Welcome to the Push Podcast. Why push? Because a nudge is just too friendly. And friend, we're here to help you get your shit together. I'm Eddie. And I'm Janelle. And we're the Copelands. We've got three daughters, two businesses, a mortgage, and lots of responsibilities. So just like you, we're struggling to find that perfect balance of ambitious go-getter hustle while still staying present, loving our kids, and working on our relationship. <laughs> and doing the laundry, going to the grocery store. Oh, and don't forget being mindful. Yeah, mindful all of the stuff. <laughs> So if you're juggling all the things, but you're also trying to get to the next level, guess what? You're in the right place. So get ready to be pushed. Hey guys, so this week we're going to talk about planes and how if you don't fly the plane properly, you can crash and burn and die. And I know that that sucks, but... (laughs) Also, just like if you don't stay true to your goals, you can crash and burn and die, right? Are you saying everybody's dreams and goals for the new year are going to crash and burn? No, I'm saying that (laughs) at some point we have all crashed and burned and felt like we've died, right? Yeah, absolutely. Tell them about the plane so they understand what I mean when I say this episode is about planes crashing and burning and dying. Yeah, so obviously, you know, planes, they operate very different than anything else. There's a destination and that destination is created by degrees, right? So you fly a certain degree south, north, whatever it is. But it's a great story that says that every single degree you fly off course, you will miss your target landing spot by 92 feet for every mile you fly. That amounts to one mile off target for every 60 miles flown. If you decided to start your your destination or your trip at the equator and you fly around the earth, one degree off will have you land 500 miles off target. So if you are 500 miles off of target of the goal that you set for 2019, then you're listening to the right episode. But (laughs) absolutely. And so just to add to that, just really quick, like when you said that, I was thinking, wow, if you decided to fly and it wasn't your course or the destination, it wasn't a destination that was a problem. It was your course. Right. So like if you decided in uh, the beginning of 2019, you wanted to lose 50 pounds, let's just say. Right. You were like on January 1st, I'm going to cut out fat, carbs, sugar. And anything that's purple. I don't know. Like people go on these crazy massive And I'm diets. going to run everywhere. Right. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna run everywhere, even though I'm overweight and I've never been a runner, but I'm gonna commit to running for three hundred and sixty-five days right. this year because I will lose these fifty pounds. So it's I not say- so much <laughs> that it was the goal that was wrong, it was your approach to how you were going to tackle the goal, right? Absolutely. So it's like... So it's not the plane that's broken, no, it's the pilot. Absolutely. And it- that's what we're talking about today. <laughs> so welcome to episode number 12 of the Push Podcast. Today is December 10th. We are 21 days away from finishing off this year. And we were talking about like this plane crashing, burning and dying, (laughs) just like some of our dreams and goals that we set. Right. Right. And don't worry, we're not going to talk about crashing, burning and dying, but we're going to talk to you about how if you make some small micro shifts, they can make a huge impact or a difference in your life. And so today's episode is called 
10 small micro shifts that can make a huge difference in your life. I hope we actually keep that title because we often say the title. I decided that's what it is. I highlighted it in everything. But, you know, I'm glad we said micro shifts because I think that when we think about massive change, we think about massive change in order to have the change. And what I mean by that is we want a different life. We want a different outcome than we're getting. And then the only approach that we can think of is that our change that we have to make has to be equivalent to the change that we're looking for. But that's not the case. Something massive. Yeah. It, what What's required is small changes that added up can lead you to a really massive change overall in your life. And so you're probably wrapping up 2019 and either you're feeling good about the year or maybe you're feeling that you didn't accomplish what you wanted to accomplish in this year. And so you're thinking 2020 has to be massive change. And Although you want to make massive change and although massive change is required, I think the course is, is something that needs to be measured and looked at that you can make small changes to have massive change. Agree. Right? So we have put together 10 things that we think, like these are 10 topics that I think everyone wants to work on, whether it be your health and your fitness or your finances or whatever it may be. Within these 10 things, I think that you can find some micro shifts that will help you get to a better year. I would just say not to correct you publicly because we have people that are keeping a tally of all the times that I call you out on the podcast. <laughs> but I would just say these are things that most people don't want to do. Okay. So that's number <laughs> four, I believe. Okay. If you guys are keeping count. Yeah. We have a whole tribe yeah. from Eddie's side yep. that yep. is like, hey, I'm counting how many times your wife calls you out on the podcast. <laughs> and so you can go ahead and tally that one up. But, <laughs> yeah, but I'm just going to say this list that we're going to share with you, we put a lot of work into it. We believe that these 10 small micro shifts are going to make a huge difference in your life if you focus on them. But right. not all of them you're going to want to focus on and not all of them you're going to want to hear because we've got some data in here that you're going to feel really bad about yourself. So that's a warning. And I think we should explain why we're calling them shifts instead of like changes or whatever the case may be is because these are things that you're doing in your normal life that you're just slightly changing the degree. You're slightly taking something, you're either you're removing something or you're adding something to your daily walk of life that you're going through that if you made this change, it can definitely make massive changes in your life. Like Janelle right now is real salty because I've been doing the intermittent fasting and I've had some changes. There's slight changes. No, my- <laughs> I'm salty because I do the same intermittent fasting as you and you just burn more calories than I do. And you know what? We're not going to talk about no, all that No, but I would right just now. say that the small change that I made was... But I made the same changes, you jerk. <laughs> it's not like, about... Ladies, where are you right now? Because we can come hardcore to against make a Eddie point right, right now, now together. <laughs> All of the ladies that do any sort of dieting with their husbands, they know the pain that I'm going through right now. And this has been happening for months, by the way. We've been eating between the hours of 12 and 6, and I've remained exactly the same. Eddie's over here looking like, I don't even know. You look like your little brother, Marcus, right oh, now. God. Lost all his damn weight. I'm salty. Yeah. Well, the so first what? one is- Wait, are we diving in now? We, yes, we're well, diving in. We can't start a conversation and then just change no, it. No, because you're getting all crazy with well, me. Yeah. And so I went, okay, so- Because you called me out. So basically, Hold on, normally guys, I would- stop eat. you. I'm going to stop you <laughs> okay. right now. I want to take a second really quick because this is fun when we do this. Like, I wish you guys could see. We have Jordan in the other room. She's basically like in a crate. We told her, be quiet. Just <laughs> We crate train <laughs> our gotta, children. 
You got to be quiet. She's the only child home right now, but we're filming a, a recording a podcast right now. She knows that she's got to keep it down. Right, babe? Okay. So we have a lot of fun, but you know, the reason why we think you guys enjoy listening, at least that's what you tell us, is you feel like you're chatting with friends and this is a very conversational podcast, right? So I wish my girls were here right now. Also, we need to keep tally of how many male listeners and female listeners we have because I think we want a little challenge (laughs) because right now, what are we at? Like 80% women, 20% men. Yes, we were, well, like 11%. That. So you guys need to share this with your husbands. And really quick, though, lots of the, the guys that Eddie yeah. interacts with, they'll see him at work or something and be like, man, that was a good episode. I, I needed to share that with my girl. She needed that, <laughs> right? And then conversely, a lot of my girlfriends are like, oh, yeah, I shared that with my husband because he needed that. <laughs> so that's a whole nother topic of like, how often do you hear something that you immediately think of who else needs it? Not thinking that you might be the one that needs it. Right. Oh, yeah. Because we always we immediately go to who we think is the problem in our life right. instead of it being. So this particular us. episode, I would like for this to be a conversation. I want to see all the guys come out and support Eddie. And I want to see all the ladies come out and support me, too. So women, again, if you have ever dieted with your husbands and you can't stand the fact that they burn calories faster, you're over here trying your hardest to burn four, to lose four pounds and he's at like pound 14 or something. I want you to leave a review and comment and let me know how salty you were the last time you did that with your husband. All I can tell you, it is a blessing from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, because we didn't ask for this. (laughs) Don't. So Um, I want to shout out a couple of people really quick, though, that are having conversations with us. And we're going to look for your guys's reviews and uh, comments because this helps us deliver better content for you. So shout out to Dana Roberts. She said that she's really enjoying our podcast. Keep up the great work. Shout out to Anise J. She said, I swear listening to y'all's podcast makes me feel like you know my husband and I and that you all are airing out all of our dirty laundry and it's helping them grow. So I love that. And then shout out to Trisha. She said, it's my new favorite podcast. Janelle and Eddie are so real and positive and inspiring. Love the motivation after listening. I wish you would come out with more frequent episodes. Janelle and Eddie, I want to know, what are your favorite books, authors on the topics of personal growth, business, and relationships? We got you, Trisha. We have some episodes coming up for you. Oh, yeah. So thank you so much for your suggestions. You guys have been DMing us and sending us messages, and we are taking notes on all of this. So let's dive into today's list of 10 small macro shifts that we've put together to help you create massive change in your life. So number one, you want to go? micro shifts. Okay, you said micro, but that's okay. Number well, one. I'm sorry, is, you said you corrected me, and then you said the same thing. Macro, but it's okay. People can go back micro. and listen to it. So, anyways, start with number one. Number asshole. one. <laughs> name calling. That is the fifth number time five. on the podcast you've you called me a name. Stay on track. Number one is working out. Okay, so here's the thing. You may be thinking, well, that sounds like a big Duh, change because I don't work out. <laughs> But people, this is kind of stupid. I'm going to tell you they get better as they go on. But number one, people are like, okay, I'm going to turn this off because they're telling me to work out and that would create massive change. No shit, Sherlock. But but we don't mean like sign up to run the L.A. Marathon. Right. What do we mean? What we mean is there are some exercises that you can do at home in the morning before you take a shower, before you get your day started, that one of the things that we learned going through our Passion to Profit course with our students is that we get them started off with kind of getting their mind right, right? And so we have a 
a basically a workout challenge. This challenge literally takes what seven minutes. Yeah, three if you're semi used to working out. Right. Seven minutes max. This is a 14 day workout challenge that literally it's like do 10 jumping jacks, right. do 10 uh, squats, air squats, right? Right. And do 10 fake push ups. Like if you woke up every morning and you did that every single day, you just invested seven minutes of movement into your day. Your life yeah, will change. You, you got your heart rate going. You start the course of having a really good day for the momentum that you want to have for the entire day going forward. And so when we say it's a small change, for those who do not exercise at all and don't take that time, this is a small change that you can make that could possibly lead to it being more consistent you're going to a place where then you start going to the gym or maybe you buy some type of equipment and you start doing a little bit more a larger type of workout is what I'm trying to say. What are you trying to say? I don't know what I'm trying to say. But we're talking about making these small changes. And so air squats, little pushups, all those things matter. They change the, the course of your day. But here's what I would say, especially for the women out there, when you're doing some type of resistance training in your day, so whether it's like using bands or doing the air squats or whatever it has required requires resistance, it builds an enormous amount of confidence. Because if you feel stronger, that strength is, that you, is something you feel overall, not just in your physical body, but you feel that mentally. Agree. Yeah. That's all you have to say? I thought you had a whole bunch of stuff to say about working out. Oh, I do. It increases. <laughs> <laughs> I was just giving you the space to continue. But when you start doing that one, exercise increases energy. And so I oftentimes hear people say, I just don't, I'm just so tired. I don't have any energy. Well, this I, is the main reason why in our, with our students, right. we have a small fitness challenge. And I'll just tell you, ladies, like if you are coming out of Thanksgiving and you've had 10 plates of leftovers like I have, when your gut starts to hang over your jeans, you don't feel real confident, right? right. You just don't. And right. so not even taking it to a place of vanity, but when you move around and you feel like, God, I can do 10 jumping jacks without feeling like I'm dying. I can do some air squats. I can yeah. go for a run around the block. I can do some yoga without looking ridiculous, right? You feel more confident. Yeah, it's like you worked out for, let's say, seven days straight. And I mean, maybe it's small, but you feel like you've lost weight before you've even lost weight. Right, which leads us into number two, because I think anytime you move your body and you get into a small practice of just some sort of movement, whether it's walking around the block, remember, small shifts, it leads us into number two, which makes you want to eat healthier. Yeah. I know that when I go to the gym, even if I haven't been in a, in a week or so and I'm sore, I feel already stronger. Right. Even though it's sore, I feel a sense of accomplishment and then it makes me want to nourish my body with healthier foods, right? Yeah. So I have some stats that I want to share with you on making healthier food choices because this seems like, well, these two, these first two people are like, well, no shit. Like yeah. I got to, I got to work out and I got to make working. healthier food choices. Like you guys aren't telling me anything I don't know. The problem is the world is full of information and knowledge, right? right? You could literally go on Pinterest. If you are struggling with your weight, you could learn how to work out. You could learn how to eat healthy. You could learn how to juice, how to eat keto or paleo or whatever the hell, but information is not action. Like it's not going to yeah. help you become better. And just really quick, I'll just say this, that like people are hearing this and thinking, oh, I already know these things, but they're making it a bigger shift than it has to be. Right. I mean, the intermittent fasting that we started this episode talking about literally is just not eating for in the morning. And it, it was a small change. And I didn't change what I was eating through mm -hmm. the day. I'm still eating whatever I'm eating, 
But I just made a small, we both made a small change and it made significant changes in our bodies. Well, let me talk to you about small changes. So I have an eggnog latte from Starbucks one time per year. You know why? It's 610 calories. (laughs) That's literally like a third of what I should be eating in a day. It's 610 calories. By the way, I bought my tall, which is small, eggnog latte last week, right before Thanksgiving. And I stretched it out over two days. Like, that's just because I don't want to eat 610. Ca- I don't want to drink my calories, right? right? So when we're talking about making healthier food choices for number two, we are talking about very small shifts, you guys. Do you know that a white chocolate mocha from Starbucks is 510 calories? But if you go big and you get a chocolate chip frappuccino, that's 610 calories. That's a lot of calories, right? So I want to give you some stats. The average American consumes 3,600 calories per day. That's a lot of calories, right? right? Yet the average woman only burns 1,800 to 2,000, and the average man only burns 2,600 calories a day. So that's a 1,000 to 1,800 calorie surplus. That's a lot of calories that you're consuming yeah. that you're just not burning, right? So just to give you some math, because Eddie and I, obviously, we've gone through bodybuilding, like we've done all of the diets just for the sake of health, and we've been in fitness for a very long time. But did you know that every 3,500 calories equates to one pound of like weight gain, right? So a fat. So that means that if you continue to eat the way that you do for the next 365 days, And let's just say, because I already said it was 1,000 to 1,800 calorie surplus, but let's just say on average, you had 500 extra calories per day than you were supposed to. That could be an extra serving of mac and cheese. That could be an extra frappuccino. That could be too much ranch dressing on your damn salad, right? So let's just say that for the next 365 days, you chose to eat 500 extra calories than you were able to burn. You would gain 52 pounds in the year. That's crazy. 52 pounds. So we're talking about small changes that if you don't change and you just continue, guess what? That small thing has now turned into a macro thing. And now your ass is struggling to lose 52 extra pounds. But even if it was just half of that, if you went the entire year and you gained 25 pounds, just to say half of that, because you did half the calorie surplus Mm -hmm. of that you mentioned, that's a significant amount of weight that you put on in a year. Right. And then it becomes really hard to lose especially if you live a sedentary life. Well, it's overwhelming. Like for a woman, if you get past 30 pounds, you're struggling. Yeah. Like you just are. You're like, I don't even see light at the end of this. It's not even worth it. It's not even comfortable for me to work out now, right? Right. I don't feel confident enough to go to the gym. I don't feel like I have the energy to walk around the block. So already it's destroying your confidence. So if you are around that between 30 and 50 pounds, I'm just telling you, Please trust that this advice works. Just make a micro shift in what you're eating, what you're saying yes to. Because so often when we were coaching people like for health and fitness, they would choose a salad that was like a cob salad covered in like blue cheese or ranch with bacon. It's like that salad is more than a Chipotle burrito. (laughs) Literally, right? Chipotle burritos, that's another one. That that could be 2,800 calories. Yeah. That's what I, that's too many calories for me in a whole entire day. Yeah. So just say no to the tortilla. Say no to the cheese sometimes. Say no to some things a couple of times a day 
That doesn't mean you have to tell everyone you're on a diet. That doesn't mean you have to eat carb free. That doesn't mean, oh God, I can't have oil or I can't have sugar. That just means be mindful. Yeah. And so often I see people who've made some really massive changes with their body and you ask them, they just say, oh, I just cut out soda. Yeah. Like it's like some small thing. And I'll just tell you like earlier, actually last year, I stopped wearing my Apple watch. Mm-hmm. Remember right by the time we went to Thailand and I will tell you a small micro change was when we bought new Apple watches because our ones, our one, the one I had was broken and the other one was really old. All of a sudden, I was really mindful with the amount of calories I was burning in a day Mm -hmm. that I wasn't even thinking about before. And automatically just looking at my activity rings or whether you have a Fitbit or whatever the case may be, like just looking at those things makes you mindful. It's a small little thing you do, but all of a sudden now you're mindful of how often you're moving, how often you're walking upstairs, how often you're deciding to get up and doing some air squats. Like that's a small little shift that could mean at the end of the year, you may have even lost 25 pounds. Right. So so number three, moving on, because I know you're like, okay, damn, you told me to work out. You told me to eat healthier. I know this, dummies. We know that you know this, but you're not doing it. So we just needed to give you a little nudge. Remember, this is the push podcast, right? So number three, be present. Be mindful of what you're doing and who you're doing it with. I want to talk a little bit about checking your phone. Like we have this habit that our phones have become our personal computers. They're on us all the time. Mm -hmm. And I'm guilty of it too. But there are some people that can't even go to the restroom without taking their phones with them. There are some people that you are struggling. You're writing us, telling us that you're struggling to be present with your kids. You're struggling to have a connection with your spouse because you're caught up in social media or other distractions, which we're going to talk about in a second. But just be mindful that there are so many distractions that are vying for your attention. And you talked a second ago about Apple Watches and Fitbits and things like that. I have a friend I invited to come to church. This was a while back. I invited her to come to church and she was on her Apple Watch the whole service. And it lights up and it was distracting for me. And I was a little bit judgy because I was like, damn, like, don't you need Jesus in your life right now? Like, I don't know what's happening, but it's distracting. And that shows me that you're not being present. So if I go to church and I turn off all notifications, like, I want you to be present. Right. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I have another friend I go to like eat with. We get together a couple times a month and she always puts her phone face down on the table. But anytime there's a moment of silence, she picks it up and checks it. So it's like, you're not really present if it's turned down on the table. I get where you're going with this. It's a nice gesture, but you're still not really present, right? Right. And so I think being present can make a huge shift in your relationships, the connections that you're wanting and craving, but maybe you just don't know that you're not being present for. Yeah. And with the complications we have sometimes with communication, period, like just we have a conversation with someone, we take something the wrong way, we make a different meaning out of it. Like we can't afford not to be completely present and listening to people when we're having a conversation, understanding what they mean. We cannot do that if we have something that's kind of biting for our attention, right? And so when we put our phones out on the table when we're having a lunch dinner or with our dinner with our family, what we are saying implicitly is that I'm with you until this thing goes off, Mm -hmm. right? I'm listening until I hear a buzz. And so what I would say, a quick micro shift is put it away, make it, put it somewhere away from the table, put it in your pocket or something where you don't. You're not affected by whatever notification that you may get. 
And I think that there, people in this day in society, we have lost the true nature of listening, like really attentive, being curious about what people say, like staying in the moment. I think we lose a little bit of that because the distractions that we have in, in our daily lives, we are creating the distractions. We, sometimes we are just sitting there waiting to be distracted. We are finding distractions from staying in the moment, having a, some time of peace, thinking sometimes. And so I think being in a moment is, is so important and it's a micro shift that will allow you to deal with some of the things that you may be dealing with, whether it be sadness or frustrations or anxieties, like just staying in the moment and analyzing and understanding yourself a little better, I think will help you. I'm sorry, I got distracted. My phone went off. Oh, Jesus Christ. Just kidding. <laughs> okay, so number four, social media, I think, is eating people alive. It's definitely eating your time. Yeah. And so number four, the tip would be plan social media breaks. Here's some more statistics. I'm just like the bearer of bad news today. But the average person spends two hours and 22 minutes a day on social media. So before you think like, oh, I'm not on Instagram that long. Well, what about if you added up Instagram, Snapchat, I don't know if you're on TikTok, Facebook, all of them, right? You add them all up, it averages out to two hours and 22 minutes a day on social media. I will tell you some of my business owner friends spend a lot longer than two hours and 22 minutes on social media a day. So just to break that down, that's 142 minutes a day times seven days a week, which would probably be more on the weekends when you don't have a lot to do. But we'll just keep it at 142 minutes a day times seven days a week is 994 minutes a week, which equates to 16.56 hours a week. You guys, that's two whole work days a week that we spend on social media. Wow. Yet... We say we have no time. We don't what have time kind to of work BS out. is that? We don't have time to You don't to have time prep. to walk your ass around the block or do seven minutes of working out, but you have two hours and 22 minutes a day to scroll mindlessly through Instagram. We need to check ourselves. <laughs> Seriously. So I know that this is something that people don't want to admit, but I will tell you, like looking at that data or listening to this data, you are spending two whole work weeks on social media. Right. You could literally get a degree. <laughs> you could be a marathon runner. You could volunteer right. somewhere for 16 hours a week. Like you could do so much with 16 hours a week. So again, micro little shifts, right? You don't think about it when you go to the restroom, you're scrolling through Instagram. You don't think about it when you're at a red light, scrolling through Instagram, when you're waiting for your food to come at lunch, scrolling through Snapchat, whatever. You're being consumed, which means this is less time for you to just be in your thoughts, less yeah. time for you to be creative and think about what things you might want to do, less time for you to think about maybe some goals, less time for you to read a book that could inspire you to come up with something that would make you a better person in the upcoming year, right? right. And so I just want to challenge you to be a little more mindful with social media. And one of the ways you can do that is by planning social media breaks. Maybe give yourself some time in the afternoon to check in and then maybe 30 minutes in the evening when you're kind of unwinding, if that's your choice of unwinding. I don't know. Yeah. And I've heard people who go on these social media fast, right? So they fast themselves from social media for 24 hours or whatever mm -hmm. the case may be, which is so crazy and ironic that we have to go on a fast right. for something that is not required in life. Right. But I do think that they're, like Janelle just said, I think it was so powerful to say that when you are being consumed by that, 
what could you be doing? Right. And the crazy thing is someone's listening to this going, I don't know what I would be doing if I wasn't doing those things. Well, that's the point of this conversation. I want you to really think about it because I'm guilty of it sometimes too. You just sit there. You're not really doing much. So you just pull up Instagram. For what reason though? Literally, for it's, what reason? It's addictive. Right. right? It's literally so, giving it's literally giving you a little bit of serotonin and dopamine every time you go on there. Right. But I think the micro shift would be if you have a like a trigger, maybe it's a timer or some sort that allows you to say, hey, brings you some sense of awareness of, oh, my God, I've been on this for five minutes. And what could I be doing right now? What different thing could I be reading something? Could I be what can I what triggers did you set to give you the micro change? Well, some things that I want to share would be just turn your notifications off, change your notification settings. Like mm. I don't get any notifications for anything anymore right. I've shared in previous podcasts. And then monitor your app usage. Like iPhone will tell you and the Android will tell you how much time you're spending on these things. And you can actually put limits and it can actually just shut you down. Yeah, like, Eddie put a limit on my, <laughs> it was like on my Instagram or something one day. And we were in the middle of hosting an Instagram challenge for business owners. And I was so freaking pissed off because it kept telling me, sorry, you've exceeded your limit. Sorry. And I was like, who did this and why? Like, it was like a week I really needed to be on social media. Oh it was freaking God. me out. So I definitely think that if you're not using social media for a business, you should have some awareness around how often it's eating and consuming your time. And then some more things, just one final tip I'd say, like do not check social media first thing in the morning or make it the last thing you do before you go to bed. The reason why you don't want to start your day off uh, on social media is because, number one, your mind is really clear in the morning and you don't want to muddy it with other people's problems, opinions, their BS, their accomplishments, their rants. Like it could make you feel terrible about yourself. And I've heard people say, like, I saw my cousin posted this. It was so rude. It ruined my whole day. Mm, a couple of things. One, shit like that shouldn't ruin your whole day. I'm just sorry. And two, you shouldn't even check that stuff. Like first thing, you're so vulnerable in the morning yeah. and your mind is like ready to, it's basically asking you, what kind of day are we going to have today? It's like a two-year-old. Yeah, What and kind I of think day are we going to have today? Is it going to be fun? Are we excited? What are we going to do? Then you read one shitty comment on Facebook from like an old cousin or something. And now you've declared that it's a terrible day. Right. Oh my God. Yeah. And I think that for some of you that are out there that, you know this to be true, but maybe you don't admit it to yourself that you go on social media because it's a sense of escapism. Mm -hmm. Just know that you're escaping, but what you're actually escaping to and what you're looking at, it doesn't prepare you to when you come back for when you come back to reality. And so when people go on vacation and they are escaping the reality, a lot of times that clarity helps them come back renewed and refreshed so that they have a greater sense of understanding of what they're going through, whether it be in their business life or relationships or or whatever it may be, sadly to say that social media doesn't necessarily make you better for when you come back to reality and have to face the things that you need to face in your life. I learned, well, I read this quote the other day, ironically, it was on Instagram, but I, in my defense, was searching for the hashtag growth mindset. So this came up, it says, if you're looking for inner peace, you won't find it by scrolling through Instagram and reading inspirational quotes. Amen to that. You'll have to go at war with yourself and confront yourself with your deepest traumas, insecurities, fears, and doubts. Make sure you look up shadow work. That's a plug. But <laughs> So this is Limitless Mike. He posted this just to give him a shout out. But I thought that was really good, yeah. right? And then it was just funny because I clicked on the comments and someone was like, 
wow, this is changing my life. And yes, I was scrolling through Instagram looking for motivational quotes. So just know that you're not going to find some life-changing quote. You're just going to find distractions. So just be mindful of what you're doing. I, I will say this. I think that there is an opportunity where you can find small quotes that help you make small shifts. For sure. We post them often. Yeah, because they give you a different mindset or a different way of thinking about something. And I think that that is the beauty of social media, that people can share positive, Mm -hmm. very influential things on that platform. So I think that that is the positive. But I think beyond that, I think you get into some scary territory when you start scrolling and you're mindlessly looking at Well, when it becomes habitual, that's what we're talking about, right? So if you are scheduling and being intentional with your time, then we're all for that. Use it as inspiration. Right. I mean, you should follow Eddie and Janelle Copeland. I'm just going to say. Cope with Eddie. But, (laughs) But you should be intentional. So that leads me into number five, which is be in intentional practice or in rehearsal of something. Yeah. And this, this is, is so important. This is my one of my favorite things. So can I set it up and then I'll give it to you? Yeah. Okay, so this is just something to consider. We're supposed to be the role models for our children, but oftentimes it's really reverse, right? So let me, <laughs> let me explain to you what I mean. Your kids are in learning mode for six to seven hours a day when they're off to school. And then they come home and usually they do like volleyball practice or soccer practice, or in our case, our kids are in drama rehearsal for another few hours. Then they're practicing their learnings from the day every night while they're doing their homework. So basically they're learning on average for about eight hours a day. What are you learning? Because the problem is, is like if our children are learning for eight hours a day and we are sleeping for eight hours, we're at work for eight hours, probably dreading being at work, unhappy with the coworkers that you have. And then you come home and maybe you unwind, maybe it's social media, maybe you're unwinding by watching TV, whatever your choice of unwind is, then you're doing the dishes and dinner and all of the things because we're busy, right? But what are you in practice of? What are you going to rehearsal for every day? Yeah. That's and, my question. and I think that to me, that's huge because I think it's a law like the law of intentional practice is powerful. And the reason why I say it's a law is because whether or not you're conscious or not conscious of the practices that you're taking on or what you're rehearsing for, you are actually practicing something. And what I mean by that is if you are coming home and you are doing habitual routines that are either watching TV or scrolling through Instagram or whatever that it is, you're actually improving on that. Like mm-hmm. you're actually getting better at watching TV, it being actually, lazy. being lazy, it, you're doing it effortlessly because the fact that you're so deep in that Well, that's practice, how habits become habitual, absolutely. right? Absolutely. So you are getting better Whatever at you it. set out to improve, you improve at it. And so when you think about intentional practice, it could be something small. It could be maybe learning a language. It could be picking up a very specific topic that you want to know more about. Like, I think that those things are so important that you're intentionally doing Because as adults, we get so passive with our learning. We just simply learn from experiences. And that's great if we're aware of the experience ourselves and we have the great mindset of understanding what we did wrong or what part we played in that, whatever happened in that experience. But quite often, we lose the ability to improve on things because we're just not intentional with them. Right. So you gave the example of like you could be learning a new language or getting better at something. How about you start playing a sport? or an instrument, or learning about a particular topic that could help benefit your family, like investing, or your finances, or 
psychology, communication. Maybe it's increasing your faith and reading your Bible. Maybe it's uh, fitness. We talked about mm-hmm. that a couple of times. Maybe it's you have a job and you're in, let's say, retail sales or some sort of sales. If you set a little intentional rehearsal aside each day, rehearsal time aside to get better at sales, you could smoke your coworkers, <laughs> like literally destroy them if that's what you decided to be in practice of, right? right? Something to further your knowledge or maybe help enhance your knowledge for career advancement. Mm-hmm. Do you know that if you went to work every day for eight hours, And then you came home and just said, for an hour a day, I'm going to be in intentional practice of investing an hour a day to get better at whatever my job is. So like for me, let's say it was baking, let's say it was marketing, let's say it was podcasting, whatever. If I spent an hour a day doing that. Oh, my God. I'd be a freaking master at anything after 365 days. So we want to challenge you. This one's really important. This is something we do a lot in the Copeland household is like, what are you in rehearsal for? Yeah, We say that because our kids are in drama, but what are you practicing? And it cannot just be that your kids are the ones learning things because that's just not being a good role model. Yeah. And and I'm not definitely not putting myself on a high horse, but I will say that I, quite often people say, how do you have such a positive outlook? How do you stay so optimistic about things? And I go, because I practice yeah. it every We're damn in day. Rehearsal like of literally this every I day. yeah, like meditation, prayer, all these things that give you so much great things in life, they have to be practiced. Right. Right. And so quite often I think when people hear practice, they think, Oh, I don't I'm done with practice. I'm an adult. I don't do those types of things anymore. Or you should see people when I say you should really practice this thing selling. Like I was having a conversation with someone the other day. I said, This is something you should practice. And he, the way they looked at me like why would I practice that? Yeah, like I'm not taking work home. That's homework, <laughs> yeah. right? But it's like, like, what are you trying to get better at? Right. And remember, this whole entire episode is about small micro shifts, right? There are Facebook notifications that I do get for memories. And I can tell you a couple of weeks ago, it was like memory from nine years ago. And it yeah. was some stupid rant that I said about something that pissed me off. And I was like, oh, thank God, I'm not that Janelle anymore. <laughs> Why is that? I've been in practice, in rehearsal yeah. of shifting my mind. And it's to the point now where it's not even recognizable. I would never say something like that. And it was so funny because I remember, and this is a sports reference, but I'll say this, this is so powerful. I remember watching this game when Kobe was still playing before he retired. And he missed the game-winning shot right outside of the free throw line. And I remember watching the game going, oh, man. And then hearing reports afterwards that after the game, he went into the locker room, changed, and they came back out and actually went to that very same spot and shot like a thousand times in that same spot until he felt like he Mm -hmm. had... Like he wasn't going to miss it again. Talk about a micro shift. Like yep. he didn't go anywhere else on the court. He went to that exact same spot, took the exact same shot. And my question is for many of you out there is, do you have a certain spot that you have fallen short mm. that you need to say, hey, I need to go and say this spot right here. I need to just work on this thing over and over and over. Good and, Lord. Yeah. And, that is the whole podcast right there. <laughs> and if you did that, what kind of res- results would you get? Like if you just say, I'm just going to stay right here until I get it right. Macro results. Boom. Massive shift. Absolutely. So where's your free throw spot? Me? I mean, you don't have to tell the people. Yeah, but. <laughs> no, I would say I would say it'd be money. 
Right. Like my like my, my 2020 is all going to be about like by the end of 2020, I will be a financial guru. Mm, I love that. Honey. I will like know, hey, you should put your money here. You should put your money over there. Like that's my goal. Because well, our goal with finances is like to make sure every dollar has a job. Yeah. And so I thought about it for a long time. I said, the micro shift I need to make is that anytime I feel like I need to serve someone else. I'm better for myself for it, mm. right? So that's the micro shift. So if I get to a place where I can say, hey, I'm getting to a place where I can teach this to someone else, mm-hmm. then I know that I've made that change and I made an improvement. Right, love so. it. Okay, so moving on, number six, practice daily gratitude. I know, again, you might be listening to this like, yeah, yeah, be thankful, but really are you? So you could be practicing daily gratitude through prayer, through meditation, through journaling, And I just want to challenge you, like, this is a small shift that could be massive victory for you at the end of the year, especially. What if you had a journal that you just put by your nightstand and every night before you went to bed, you wrote down three wins for the day? It would help you capture moments that maybe help you with reflection at the end of the year or at the end of the month in order to keep your wins kind of front and center. What if you just captured like small occurrences that happened throughout the day that you were grateful for? So how could you create appreciation for like super small things? Mm -hmm. So I did this one year. I had a jar by my bedside and a stack of post-its and a pen. And I would write down three things on a post-it. Remember, I did this for a whole year. I had this whole jar. You You did. The kids did too. And I remember pulling one out a couple months ago. And it was like, I was super thankful for Natasha and Sabrina, two of my staff members at the Cake Mamas, because Jordan had gotten sick this day. They stayed. They worked a little overtime. They finished the cakes that we had. This was years and years ago. And I just like, I felt good and warm and fuzzy when I read that one post-it, right? So it could be, God, I was just really thankful that I had an umbrella today because it started raining (laughs) and I was the only one prepared. That's a fun little victory that I promise next year, if you were to go through your jar of post-its, it would change your life. You yeah. would be like, man, I have so much appreciation, all these little micro wins, right? And I would tell you that the most important thing that I get from that is you can't be frustrated and sad at the same time as you're grateful. Mm. And so when you really practice small little moments where you can just be grateful, you can subside a lot of those things that you feel on a consistent basis. Cause, because I know that people are out there that battle with depression and anxiety. And I would tell you that staying grateful and just looking at small things. And, and, and it may be throughout their day, you can just say, oh my God, it's just a beautiful day. I'm so glad I live in California. Or I'm so, look at the snow out here. It's so beautiful. I, I'm glad I live in the Arctic, whatever it is. I'm thankful <laughs> for my thumbs. Do, yeah, literally oh every day, like if I'm trying to channel myself to be thankful for something, I'm like, these thumbs, man, do you know how jacked up my life would be if I was missing two thumbs? Yeah. Uh, like yeah. literally you couldn't type real. It would take you a long time to type. Like, oh, yeah. You couldn't do a lot you of things. You would have to worry about social media. Oh, gosh. So I think it's important for number six to practice gratitude daily because we ask and pray and yearn for more, more money, more opportunities. Nicer cars, bigger houses, greater connections, deeper relationships, all the stuff we want more of, right? We pray for better health, more blessings, more happiness. But when you voluntarily appreciate and acknowledge what you have, then I think you're conditioning your mind and your body and your spirit to live in a place of abundance Mm -hmm. versus scarcity. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I would tell you, I think this is like a Buddhist principle, if I'm remembering correctly, but 
we all experience pain. Pain is going to be something that you slam your finger, you jam your thumb, whatever the case may be, or someone says something to you that that creates an enormous amount of pain. But we choose suffering. Mm. And suffering is when you're not looking at the full picture and saying, yeah, I went through that pain, but that pain will subside. And I choose to be grateful for this moment that I can look at my children. I choose the moment where I can say, wow, I'm glad I have a job to go to. I choose this moment where I say, I have a roof over my head. And I think that that is where you start to move yourself away from the pain into a place where you can get to joy. So this micro shift of practicing gratitude can mean a world of difference in your mental health as well as overall health. Overall health. Absolutely. So overall health, you know, that people who are happy and appreciative, they live longer. Like it's yeah. a fact, right? They have a greater appreciation for a life. So I think they get blessed with more years. They're more optimistic naturally, and they're easier to get along with. They're just yeah. more enjoyable. Nobody wants to hang out with somebody who's constantly complaining about stuff they don't have. I will not come around I, you. I, and I will tell you this. I think both of us, we become extreme pushers. Like <laughs> if someone is always down, I'm like, I'm pushing goodness on you. I'm so right, sorry. I cannot handle you, it. You're going to be so sick and tired of how positive I am. It's going to piss you off even <laughs> more. So I had an employee that was like having a rough day last week. And if she's listening to this, this is all out of good love. But I asked her how her day was. And she said, eh, it's fine. When you make a noise like, eh, it's not even like a word. Yeah. You need to check yourself. Like, what, So I was like, wait, what does that mean, that sound that you made? And I just lit her up. I was like, wait, what do you mean? Like, I don't know. You, let me see your hands. I said, wow, you've got your thumbs. You're breathing. You can see. You look like you're living your best damn life right now. What do you mean? What, what does that even mean, right? So I will tell you that sometimes Eddie and Janelle, outside of the podcast, we're annoying as shit yeah. because- I don't want you giving me a sound to signify how your day is going. Now, oh. we don't always have the most like, oh, my God, today was amazing. I'm so thankful and blah, and shit's falling apart. Everybody has seasons that they go through. But I will just tell you, I am thankful for the people that we surround ourselves that push me through those seasons. And so we want to be those people for other people. Absolutely. Too. And so can I just change the order right now? Sure. Because that leads into checking, Number your, seven. checking your energy. Okay. Yeah. Go. Like. There is this lady, I go, when I go to this cafe, I think you met her because you said you, the salads were horrible there. But, oh, yeah. yeah. Every time I go in there, I go, how are you doing? And she goes, ah. Oh, she makes a sound. She goes, ah. And I'm going, Ugh. it's not that bad. You got a business right. here. And she's the business owner. Oh. Right? And so I think about that and I think, wow, I wonder if she had a different disposition about herself that had a positive energy, would it light up her business? Mm, and would yes, she yes change yes. the way her business operates? Would she change the way she sees her business? But also, what does she think she's giving me? Like I go, I am very responsible with my energy. Mm -hmm. Like I know that if I bring the right energy, I can spread this and translate, transfer this to different people who need it most. But when people don't check their energy and they don't set an intention of how they want to approach things, then what ended up happening is they let the circumstances become them and mm -hmm. then they become, eh. Yeah. Hate it. Hate <laughs> it. So Brendan Bruchard, I heard him say something the other day about transitions. And I thought this was worth sharing with you guys. So he said, throughout the day, you go through about 25 different transitions. So think about it. Like you were sleeping, you wake up, now you're transitioning into awakeness. You're getting up, you're transitioning into like maybe getting ready, getting your kids off to school, you're in getting ready mode, right? 
you drop them off at school. Now you're transitioning into maybe getting yourself ready or getting your mind ready. You're on your drive to go to work. You're transitioning your mindset because now you're getting ready to walk in and be around people that are writing reviews about you or coworkers or whatever. And then you're there for maybe eight hours and now you've got to drive home. You're transitioning into husband or wife mode or whatever your role is. And I thought about that and I was like, okay, so his suggestion was, What if you spent one minute, 60 seconds, really paying attention to the transition you're going through? So like you had this whole long day at work, all these experiences, you sit in your driveway or in your garage before you go into your home and you set the intentions that you're going to release the day and you're just going to leave everything there. Like whatever happened, happened. But now I get to go in and I get to set an intention for how I want to be a wife, how I want to be a mother and how I get to show up for my family. They don't get, they don't deserve the worst of me, even if I had a bad day. Right. So what if this was the last time that I was going to greet them? How would I greet them? And I thought that was so powerful. Like that is like being responsible for your energy, like times 1000. I love that. And we do that often, like really just set intentions about, okay, well, how do I want my husband to receive me right now? And I was telling Eddie, Sometimes it's hard for me because if I'm working from home, I'm in the middle of something on the computer. He's already set his intention before he walks in the house. He's ready to greet me, like all excited. And then I haven't had a chance to go through the transition from ending work to now like receiving my husband. So oftentimes I'm like, hey, babe, how's it going? How was your day? Well, I'm not really present, right? Mm. And so I need a little bit of grace there. Like I need, (laughs) maybe you should send me like a five minute warning so I can like be in transition. But think about how powerful that is, because that is what we're talking about in these small shifts. If I did that to my husband every day for 365 days, how drastically different would our marriage be if for 365 days you set intentions on how you wanted to come in and receive me, but I didn't for you? Yeah. That could ruin our marriage. Yeah. Crash, burn, die. There it is right there, right? (laughs) Yeah. yeah, Versus, and so this is important for those of you that are in relationships, think about this. And this is something you could practice with each other. Is like, hey, I'm going to be mindful that every time we come into connection with each other, we're going to spend 30 seconds embracing Mm. and being present. Let's do that. Let's start a challenge, right? So you give me a five-minute warning so I can transition out of work mode. And then when you come in, we'll embrace for 30 seconds. I love that. And I said yesterday we need to slow dance more. So maybe we do that. Yeah, that'd be perfect. But think that's what I we're talking about, people. Like something small where you are taking responsibility for the energy that you bring to others and what you're projecting onto them. That is a micro shift that would literally change your whole relationship. And you know what? This can turn into a whole other podcast. Podcast mic drop yeah, right there. We, absolutely. This could turn into a whole nother conversation because I think these transitions are so important, especially when you're dealing with rejection, when you're dealing with someone that is unsavory, like you transition from one person. Sometimes you bring that energy to the next person. And so I think that those transitions are critical for your relationships. They're critical to your success is your ability to move from one thing, compartmentalize what happened and transition to the next thing. So more to come on that because I think we could take more time on transitions in itself. Yeah. 
And so we've got three more to go. And I know we, and we're in the home stretch. Yeah. So you said that one of your intentions was to focus on finances. So lead them into number eight, which is adhering to a budget. Yeah, I think it's important that you set some type of a budget or boundary or like I was told a while ago by someone I worked with is give it every dollar a job. And so looking at your budget and saying, okay, how can we manage our money differently? How do we put our money to work? But more importantly, like what are some small things you can do? So I was looking at our bank statements. And I was like, man, there's just so many transactions. Like it was like, it was so small little things that you're not thinking about. It's a $3 coffee here. It's a $2 something here. It's a $10 thing here. And you look at it and you say, wow, in, just in this week, there was 20 transactions. Right. What if you just said, okay, you know, what? I'm only going to have 10 transactions this week, or <laughs> I'm only going to have five. And I know that sounds crazy, but what if you did that? What if you just said, this is a small shift and I'm going to be mindful because the how effortlessly it is to spend money is crazy because you can do your Apple Pay. You can do all these different things that doesn't require Venmo. money. Yeah. And mm -hmm. so you're more conscious of the transactions when you're using cash because you've seen the cash leave. And so that's really something that's mindful. But when you don't have that, how do you make a little small shift to just say, I'm just going to minimize the amount of transactions I have? Right. And so that's one tip. I, yeah. I would say the other tip would be put yourself on a budget. Like <laughs> how much do you need to spend? There is a great YouTuber, Jordan Page. My sister turned me on to her. And she says that every person in your household, they could be fed for $125 a month. So like in our case, that means we could feed a family of five for like under five or $600. And I was like, mm, that's kind of bullshit. Like I could go to Costco and spend that on two weeks of groceries, right? And so I would just say, like, put yourself on some sort of budget because when you are faithful over the few dollars that you have, and you really know that every dollar has a job, then I think you'll be blessed with more. Yeah, but that leads me into number nine, talking about Costco. Number nine on the small shifts is take and spend only what you need. Mm. And I think this is huge because we are in a world now where we are over-consuming everything. We're over-consuming coffee. We're over-consuming food. We're over-consuming social media. We're over-consuming clothes. I was telling the girls the other day, like you guys have forever 21 and I don't know, wish. I think they order stuff like $3 bathing suits. When we were younger, I couldn't get a bathing suit for $3. There was nowhere to go for that. Yeah. Right. And so I think now we're in an era where things are so cheap that it's okay to be like a hoarder. Like yeah, we, you order stuff, we, it doesn't fit you. It's okay. We over consumed, consume, but we're undernourished. I hope you hear that's a metaphor. Like not only do we eat a lot, but we consume a lot and it's not even quality. Well, like we're consuming Netflix. We're right. consuming all kinds of stuff that right. still leaves us unfulfilled and unfulf undernourished. Exactly. Right? right. And so I think that that is something you have to be mindful when you think about small little shifts. And that is thinking about if I buy this article, like we were at Costco and I was getting ready to buy $15 sweats and mm -hmm. we had just went through a challenge where we had kind of minimalized our closets we and we got just rid of so got much rid of crap. stuff. And I literally was holding this and I was just like, this is me adding back to that closet. Right. And I already have decided that I didn't need anything. And yep. I already threw things away. So I immediately put it back. 
But that was me putting that into practice and before we even came up with this podcast right. uh, topic. So do you need more clothes? Do you need that much food? Do you need to consume all of the things that you're consuming? Can you live without a little bit less? Yeah. And here's a little challenge. This is a small little challenge I think it would be good for you to do that would help you with kind of purging and also saving. Can you live off of the food that you have in your freezer, in your fridge, in your cabinets for an entire week? Like not spending any grocery money at all, but just making do with what you have. Because I don't know about you guys, but I think it's because so many of us go to the grocery store in our house. My cabinets are bulging (laughs) at the seams, right? Like we bought all kinds of stuff for Thanksgiving. I already had some of the stuff in my cabinets. And so it's irresponsible. And we're just over consuming. So I want you to just ask yourself, can you be down for that little challenge? Like, don't spend any money. And by the way, all the stuff we're talking about, I want to see you tag us in your stories because we want to share this. I want to see you leave a review that tells us what challenges you're signing up for that you are willing to take on these small little micro challenges to create massive change. So speaking of overconsumption, number 10 is- I love this. Can I take this one? You announce it. Go ahead. Trade TV time for learning. Okay, so here's some stats. Again, because I'm the bearer of bad news today. In 2017, Americans spent on average three hours and 58 minutes a day watching TV. Let's round up. That's four hours a day. But here's the trick or here's the- No, just real quick. That's 1951. They spent that time. What? Yeah. What? In 1951, it was three hours and 50 minutes watching TV. Okay. Well, you could have fixed that. 2017, it was close to eight hours. Okay. So in 2018, hours, it was reported that Americans spent up to seven hours and 50 minutes a day, not 15, 50. So that's nearly eight hours a day. That's an eight hour shift a day that's spent on TV. This also includes Netflix, YouTube. And any other like media content that you are consuming. So you guys, this is another full-time job that we are spending on television. So you take that. So you may be cool. (laughs) Oh, I got to talk about this because you might be cool talking about the latest episode of whatever the hell the new (laughs) show is, right? You might be kind of in the know if you're talking about the final season of Game of Thrones or what happened on the football game or whatever the (laughs) hell is happening. But you got to ask yourself, I'm spending an entire full time job on consuming content, digital content. That's great. I mean, think about that. So eight hours of television and then combine that with what was the time for for social media? Two hours and 22 minutes a day. Yeah. So that's a 10 hour. That's. 10 it's hours, 11 hours. 11 hours of just sheer consumption. Right. So you and sleep for eight hours, but you probably are sleeping for six hours. You go to work for maybe eight hours. Maybe there's a little like commute in there. The rest of your waking hours, just ask yourself, am I being productive with this time? Right. Because you should have, if you're sleeping eight hours, going to work for eight hours, you should have eight hours to spread over learning working out, eating healthy food, spending time with the relationships and the people that are important to you, being present, all of this entire list. But instead, Americans are spending eight hours a day consuming digital media. Yeah. And so I think that as we kind of close this out, I think one of the biggest things is this, is that being mindful of these small little changes can change everything. The key is you got to be aware that you're doing these things. 
You got to be aware that you're spending this time where in, on watching television or on social media or that you could be doing small exercises, but you're choosing not to. Like these are small things that you have to be aware that just slightly making shifts and slightly making the adjustments can really mean a different year in a different decade. That's right. So if you want a list of all of these one through 10 small micro shifts that can lead to huge transformations in your life, you can head over to thepushpodcast.com and that this checklist will be there for you. I would encourage you, print it out, talk it over with your kids, share it with your spouse or your partner, and just see how you can be more present and mindful and maybe take on a couple of these as we wrap up the year and get into a new decade. Because remember, if you are off by a small degree from trying to achieve greatness in your life, it's going to equate to 590 miles of you being off target. And so we hope that this message served you. If you love it, if you're going to sign up for some of these things, please let us know in a review so that way we can track and monitor with you. And as always, thanks for letting us push you. Absolutely. Push through. Thank you for listening to the Push Podcast. Hey, we want to hear from you. So if you have a question or there's a particular topic that you want us to tackle and you want us to help you push through, you got to do something for us. You got to go to Apple Podcasts and you got to leave a rating and a review. And in that review, go ahead and leave that question with your Instagram handle so that we can shout you out when we actually answer the question. And we'll talk about that on the podcast and make sure that, hey, this particular podcast is made for you. So leave a rating, leave a review, leave your handle. And until next time, push through.